Hi again. You're listening to Talking About the Passion, and I'm Thomas Irwin. This is a podcast where I interview different independent musicians and showcase their music. As for myself, I'm a singer-songwriter and producer who goes by Niagara Moon. You can look up more about my own music at niagaramoonmusic.com. Just want to put in a quick shout-out here. There's another podcaster based here in Seattle that reached out to me recently. His name is Joe Tatey. He also recently started a podcast called Tatey's Day Out, where he and his guests give comedic and irreverent reviews of famous Seattle attractions. He's a pretty funny guy, and if you ever want to learn more about different landmarks in Seattle, his show would be a good one to check out. So again, it's called Tatey's Day Out, Tatey spelled T-A-D-Y, and you can find it on iTunes and SoundCloud. All right, back to my show. My guest for episode number 10. Wow, hey, we made the double digits. Uh, My guest is Carlene Crawford. Carlene is a singer-songwriter, pianist, originally from Olympia, Washington. She made her debut down in the San Diego music scene before relocating back to Seattle not long ago. She's been playing music for a very long time and released her first EP, New Ground, last year. You'll hear our conversation in a minute, but first I'll be playing you her song, This Is. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Olympia. Olympia, so, Washington. Olympia, Washington. 
super chill, hippie town. Not much to do. Not too big a town. Not too big a town, but not too small, yeah. It was a good place to grow up. And uh, I I read somewhere your family is pretty musical. Yeah, my family is very musical. My dad, he's actually... Um, he writes songs himself, but he's really into the production side of it. So um, growing up, he was always playing guitar and singing. Play- he plays piano. He can play the drums. He can play like a little bit of everything um, and sing as well. So he was definitely always influencing me. Wow. Um, did you guys have like a studio in the house somewhere? No, we didn't. Um, we did not have a studio in the house. We did have like a music room. We always had a music room no matter where we lived. And my brother also sings and writes and plays guitar. So the three of us would just have jam sessions. So it was your brother on guitar, and then you would always be on piano? Usually, yeah, that's how it would work, because I just play the piano. Um, So my brother would usually play guitar, and my dad would play bass or do, like, percussion or something. We'd all sing. What uh, songs would you sing in those family jams? Hmm, family jams. Well, when I was really little like five and six that it was already starting when I was growing up I listened because like I went to church and stuff so we listened to a lot of like worship music like chill stuff but then my dad would play Prince so it didn't matter what it was it would be like a mix of stuff um so when did you start playing piano I started playing when I was six I started taking lessons because I was always at like my church sit down after they were done practicing and I'd just be banging on the piano so my dad was like oh she likes piano so when I was six started taking lessons and I stuck stuck it out until I was about 14 and I decided to quit taking lessons (laughs) Uh, that sounds very similar to uh my history with the piano oh really my mom had me start taking lessons after I would fiddle around on the like broken down baby grand piano at the the church I used to have to go to Mm -hmm. so then I did formal lessons until you know, maybe 11 or 12, and then I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. But I'll still play the piano. Yeah, no, totally. Because, like, once you get to a point where you can read music and you get theory and you're like, okay, let me just You know how the basics work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially knowing chords and scales. I think that's chords and scales. maybe most important, really. It is. I feel like a lot of people come out of lessons not knowing those things, knowing how to read music, but not knowing, like, how to improvise at all, which I still struggle with a lot. Actually, but you remember how to read sheet music? Oh, I can read music still. Yeah, yeah. Do you forget? uh, Yeah, (laughs) I I didn't keep up with that. I, I just I pay attention to you know chords. If I see a D or a D minor, I see a G, and I know scales. So because I I got into jazz a little later after doing the classical lessons, Mm -hmm. so using uh, fake books and stuff. So I kind of got more in that mindset. Yeah. By the time I was writing my own stuff. Yeah, I wish I could have. My teacher was super strict, so it was classical music or nothing. Mm. So I never really got that. So I was kind of like, I'm going to try to figure some things out for myself here. Yeah, it was just classical music. So So you stopped doing the classical music lessons, Mm -hmm. and then how did that turn into the sort of music you do today? Like I said before, when I'd just be playing around the piano when I was really little, I'd always want to make up songs. I think I wrote my first song when I was like six or seven, and it was really funny. It was just like the same chords over and yeah, over. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yep, it was the same chords over and over and like the same words, and it was probably... You could I, just play it over and yep, over if you wanted to. You just, just keep repeating it. Yeah. Keep repeating it. So, yeah, I was always, even though I had lessons, my mom was very strict, and she'd be like, okay, half an hour, here's the timer, practice your classical music, and then... You can switch and then go back. So I'd always be writing songs. Wow. Like from a very early age, I was always wanting to improvise, figure out new chords and stuff. So after I stopped taking lessons, I just had more freedom and time to just write my own stuff. So I think it was always something I really wanted to just focus on solely, but I kind of knew I needed to put in the work Yeah. for the technical aspect of it. So you're, yeah. you kind of learned uh, to be very disciplined about it from an early age. Yeah, definitely. A few times I wanted to quit. My mom said, okay, you want to quit? Go down the street and tell her to her face <laughs> you want to quit. And I could not walk do walk. it. Yep, she's like, and I, so I never ended up quitting. I know I took a couple breaks here and there, but yeah, then when I was about 14, I was able to have the courage <laughs> to go down the street and tell her, okay, I You've think I'm done. you made up your mind. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, I can only assume 
when you were that age, you weren't just listening to classical music. I'm curious, what were uh, some of your bigger influences at that time? What were you listening to and thinking, oh, I want to do more of that sort of thing? Definitely a lot of Coldplay U2 mm-hmm. were going through me. I got um, a lot of piano lines. In those, a lot of those, those yep, songs. and the melodies and everything. Uh, so yeah, Coldplay and U2 were huge influences. Also, I listened to a lot of male artists, less than female. So like John Mayer and Jack Johnson, John Mayer especially, yeah. But also, yeah, for the female artists, I know mostly growing up, I was really influenced by Alicia Keys, as well as like Angus and Julia Stone kind of vibes, kind of that indie hmm. Yeah, I'm not Interesting as familiar acoustic. with them. Yeah, I don't even know like how what you would put it in what genre. Maybe you couldn't put it in a genre. But I also like I had my dad who was very R and B. He loved Michael Jackson and Prince and all that, and he'd be playing that for me. And he loved soundtracks, so I listened to instrumental music a lot. Then my mom's over here with like Grateful Dead, ACDC. A little bit of the hippie and the classic rock yep, thing. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind of a mixture of stuff I was listening to. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. kind of a mishmash. Yeah, a huge mi- a like, lot of the, mix up. Yeah, a lot of the smoother kind of soul stuff, but then. Then you got your. The, the jam band. Yep, the, yep. It's an interesting combination. Yeah. So. When did you start uh, performing your own songs in public? Um, in public. Well, I did perform one song in high school at a talent show. I got second place. Nice. And it was an original. So that was the first time. I think I was about 16 where that I must performed. have been nerve-wracking. Oh, so, and I was a freshman too. And so I was like, oh, all these other people are going to beat me and I'm going to be so embarrassed. But I got second place. So I was like, this is cool. But then I actually started like playing regularly just about like a year and a half ago, um, I was living in San Diego, and I started playing at open mics there. Huh. How'd you wind up in San Diego? <laughs> it's a funny story. Um, well, living in Washington your whole life. Have you lived in Washington? No, I'm from or? Massachusetts. You're from Massachusetts. I only moved over here like half a year ago. Oh, you are so new here. Okay. That's correct. Cool. And from East Coast. That's yep. Wow, way different. Well, I'm from Washington. I've been right. here forever. So So you're used to not seeing the sun for I'm used to not seeing the eight sun. months in a row, yeah. Yes. And it got to a point where I was like, Oh man, I'm graduating high school and like I'm graduating community college because I did running start, so I was mm-hmm. graduated with two years done. So I was like, I'm gonna get out of here as fast as I can. So I think two weeks after I graduated, I just headed down, not really with a plan, but just to experience life for a while. Yeah, try something new. Try something new, see where it took me. So that's kind of how I ended up there. Kind of on a whim, but I knew it was something I wanted to do. From one of the cloudiest places to one of the sunniest places. I know. And right now, I have to say I'm having a hard time with this winter. I just need it to be over. Yeah, it's not Massachusetts cold, but it's it's a whole new level of like dark. That's what people say from the East Coast. They're like, well, New York is, you know, Massachusetts. Yeah, New York weather sucks. Jersey, yeah. Yep, haven't been over there yet, so I don't know. But I've heard that this is not quite as cold, but a little more depressing. Yeah, and I think also because everything here is so new, mm-hmm. it's not really the feeling of history that you get back on the East Coast. Yeah. Which I'm more used to. Right. Everything feels more temporary or something. That's weird. Oh my gosh, temporary life. Temporary life. Temporary. <laughs> like it, things weren't built to last as Yeah, much. yeah. Could just be my imagination though. No, I think you're right. I think you're right on that one. So you went down to sunny San Diego after you graduated high school. Mm-hmm. And you got into the music scene down there pretty quickly. It was odd. It was very odd. I just kind of went with my gut. I knew my gut was saying yes. So I went down there. And I ended up randomly meeting, like, through this church my cousin was going to, some hip-hop artists down there. Um, the group of them, like, when they perform together and stuff, they call themselves, like, the Dream Junkies. But Addicted to dreams. Yeah, <laughs> follow your dreams, come on. So, yeah, they're all hip-hop rap artists. Mm-hmm. Um, Belief, Ruslan, and John Gives. And they kind of just, like, pulled me into their bubble and kind of mentored me and Help show me the ropes, kind of just how the industry works. Yeah. I did an open mic show down in Oceanside with them, and (laughs) 
It was kind of a disaster. Not the open mic, but my performance was kind of a disaster. What happened? But it was like my first one. What happened was I got up there and I was doing a medley first and then an original. Mm-hmm. And I go up there and I just completely forgot what I was going to play. Uh-oh. I was like, what chord am I starting on? So it was a serious 60 second of me just like banging around like and people are out there like is she joking is this like part of her performance people asked me at the end oh that was so funny like you added that to your performance I was like no I just forgot what I was playing so that was like the real deal first performance of like playing in front of a bunch of people in an auditorium an original song and like it was a disaster but it was awesome it was it's fun. a good first hurdle to overcome. <laughs> yeah. I imagine you uh, felt a little liberated after that. I did. I was kind of like, wow, I have a long way to go to get comfortable. But you've up gotten here. over that scary first failure. Yeah, no, actually, yeah, just the more I started playing, um, just at like little coffee open mics down in San Diego and like Newport Beach and stuff, I slowly got more comfortable. And just since I moved back to Seattle in September, I've gotten over the stage fright pretty good now. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. So you were down in San Diego for how many years? Like a year and almost two years. Okay. So yeah. not terribly long, but you were definitely active there for a while. Yeah. It was fun. Um, got to collaborate on some songs with those artists and meet a lot of people. Yeah. Kind of get to know who I was outside of my hometown and, like, everything I knew. Yeah, yeah. some newfound independence. Exactly, and, like, just get to grow and learn life, what it's like to be on your own. And were you doing any more school down there, or it was just music full-time for you? Yeah, I wasn't doing school. I was honestly, I've always been a very, like, on top of things, you know, Got great grades in school, but I, I realized how much I hated it. <laughs> it just felt completely meaningless, I was right? like, unless I have really something really specific I wanted to get, I want to get a degree in, I probably won't go back to it's school. It's a waste of time, yeah, if and, you don't have a specific goal in mind. Yeah, and it's, like, so expensive, too, so. Yep. <laughs> You're like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even yeah. state school, like, the cheapest option, it's still, it's not nothing. Yeah. You know, it's an investment. And I'd rather be going to school and really enjoying it for what, it, you know, the, the specific topic is. Because if I went back to school, I'd only have to do two years technically. So I'd want to know exactly what I was getting myself into. <laughs> so you're down in San Diego. Uh, you're part of this kind of hip-hop collective. Yeah. <laughs> From a girl who did not listen to hip-hop. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Before, yeah, I was going to say, before... <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't hear any, you didn't mention any Lauren Hill or... Yeah, that when no, honestly, listing your influences. It was weird. Like, I remember my dad tried to get me into R and B, and it was only a certain amount. It was like I didn't have the patience to listen to R and B. But then people are like, "But how did you have the patience to listen to like you two? You know?" So it's this weird, hmm. this weird thing. I don't know. My mom doesn't like R and B, so weird. She wasn't like repping it at all. But I think, honestly, my dad he grew up in San Francisco. And the culture and dynamics are so different there. Me growing up, I'm half African-American, mm-hmm. and my mom's Irish. So when I was going to school in Olympia, it was like I was white. You know, like everyone <laughs> yeah. there was white, That's, and I didn't have that friends. That culture is pretty prevalent Yeah, there. I didn't really have friends who were black. Or like if I did, they were usually like me, like mixed with right. something else. And I know that culture is – because after I – you know, was down in SoCal for a while. And even when I just go visit family in San Francisco and stuff, I was like, well, this is more normal here. And like more people are like, I wasn't really exposed to it that much. So it was kind of new when I moved down to California. Yeah. Yeah, Washington, a lot of East Asians, not too many African-Americans. Yeah, no, it's, it was weird. I never felt in touch with that part of that culture, which I know my cousin's yeah, I mean, you must have had family. Other places were, and yeah. stuff like that was a huge influence for them. So, so yeah, because I was going to say your uh, your debut EP, New Ground. I mean, that's very much got a, uh, a hip hop vibe in there, R and B kind of combo. Yeah. So, did you make that while you were still down in San Diego? I did. All the songs on that EP, the first one on there, just growing. I wrote like a week after I moved to San Diego. So all the songs were starting. Like, the first week I was in San Diego and on, kind of through that journey. 
the production on there was a mix of my production with like piano and like little synth and things here yeah, and there. Yeah, little electric piano. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, but then also Anthony Cruz, um, he's an excellent producer. He's, he's from Jersey City, but he lives in San Diego and works with all these artists. Mm. He collaborated on the project with me. So some of the beats that you hear, like the the drums and stuff, that's mo- like most of the songs, that's him. Wow, neat. So it was like this weird kind of eclectic co- combination of some of his stuff, my stuff, blended together. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's not like same old, same old. It's a... Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, because the, uh, the beats are a little more, like they're a little more prevalent, but without being too distracting. Like you still have the singer-songwriter... Right. Right. Piano thing going on. Right. And uh, but it's like a little more funky mm-hmm. than you usually expect. Yeah, it's nice. it is funky. It's yeah, so even though R and B wasn't like a huge influence for me, it was still for some reason it was just there. In and the kind corner. of in my blood. And like yeah. when I sing just with me and my dad, it kind of would come out. So I think it's always been there. I just kind of had to dig into it more. Experiment. So you did the piano, maybe some other keys and synths and stuff, and then yeah. you had Anthony Cruz for the the beats and the bass as well? Yeah, some of the bass I did, some of the bass he did, but overall just, yeah, we collaborated on that. One of the tracks, though, the last track, Night and Day, if you've heard it, it's very, like, hip-hop sounding. Yeah, I think I recognize that him. drum loop. I feel like I have it that in my hard drive somewhere. That drum loop is used on so many tracks. I remember he was telling me about it. He was like, no, we can just, like, fiddle around with this. And and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's crazy how how production works in that way with loops and everything. But, yeah, so that's really – that's his song. I like to say that's his song because he was like, I want to get a hip-hop, like, song that had in there. Most, the most of his input. Yeah, yeah. So he produced that. I think he did that entire track. Maybe I did, like, the chords, but he, that's that's his song for sure. Well, it's always nice to collaborate with a lot of people when you're – making a recording. Yeah. Um, how do you find the process of recording overall compared to like writing songs or performing them? Mm. Must have been really new territory for you. Yeah, because I I'd never had equipment to record until I went to San Diego. Not even GarageBand? I had absolutely nothing. I will tell you that. So you had no frame of reference for how you no would sound frame, no. played back? Not at all. Yeah, all through high school, middle school, I'd just write my songs, play piano. That was my... You know, that was it. And then I was like, what? Wait, wait, it's so, it's so easy. (laughs) (laughs) Like I can actually record in my room. So yeah, when I went down to San Diego, they were like, oh, well, if you just get this and this and this, it's like three tools and you can record. So I had a rough start recording. I hated my voice. Oh, when I first you, uh, started recording. yeah, I think that happens to a lot of people. I was like, what you the have heck? To get used this to... is so raw. This is so <laughs> weird. I sound terrible. Better give up now. It was, I remember crying a couple times trying to record a song and I just have to stop because it was emotionally draining uh-uh. for a while. But the rest of the, yeah, the whole EP I just recorded from different places I lived in California. I moved seven times. Mm-hmm. In two years. In two years. I was just always packing up my car, going to this next place. Was the rent here. going up like once every two months or something? Or it was, was just different roommate situations. Oh, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. Being different places. And I was a music teacher for a while, teaching private voice and piano oh, nice. at this academy for a while. And so I ended up having to move a couple times throughout that process. Ended up moving seven times. So all of the songs are all recorded in different room. Different of locations. Different locations, yeah. So In new ground. Yeah, new ground. Seriously, it's like, okay, let's just hop from one place to the next. Like, I think the longest I lived anywhere while living down there was like two months or something. That must have been kind of stressful. Oh, no. Maybe the longest was four months. But still, that's not very long. Yeah, that doesn't sound ideal. No, it was crazy. I've lived in quite a few places down there. I know what places I like now, if I ever go back. (laughs) Mm. So... You said you performed at a place called Ocean City? Or Oceanside, yeah. So you performed at a place called Oceanside, and that was like your first performance down there? Yeah, so the the place is called Oceanside, the city. Venue, I think it was called like the Star Theater or something. I know that like they they host concerts, but they also do, I think it's mostly like theater productions, musicals and stuff. Yeah, so that was like my first real performance doing my own song, I think. And did you get more into playing on a regular basis? As you were down there, or was... Yeah, it took me a little while. 
I think I was a little too focused on recording. Right. It was taking time, up more of your creative energy. Yeah, it was taking up a lot of my energy. And I think I was, yeah, it was a pretty frustrating time for me. I think the first six months I was down there, it was a lot of changes, a lot of new things, a lot of like trying to be independent and know what I'm doing, but not really know what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, trying to look like I was adulting yeah. as much as I could. I've never, yeah. I've never been to Southern California, so it's still, oh my it's very God. much a mystery to me. You need to head down there. So you're a fan overall? Oh my gosh, yeah. Honestly, the reason I moved back, I have no idea. Just another weird gut feeling. Yeah. I go by those feelings. If I'm feeling like I need to be going to the next place, I just do it, and it works for some reason. It just works out. So how is the scene musically down there compared to here mm. in San Diego? Yeah. San Diego's more spread out, you know, the region or the, the, uh... All I know is L.A. is, like, 50 cities in one. Yeah, so I was, for a while, I was in La Jolla, which is, you're pretty close to Mexico if you're, like, in that area. Um, and I wasn't, I didn't perform at all when I was living there. It was, like, four months or something. I was just starting to get my feet wet with, yeah, like, recording and everything and understand my life and <laughs> be like, what's going on? But once I was up more in Oceanside, San Marcos, um, Vista area, they're all kind of in a line from each other. I would go to this place called Perks Coffee House, and I went there for a few months and performed. They, I don't think they do open mics there anymore, and I was really bummed. I found that out a couple months ago. But I'd go there regularly, started feeling more comfortable. I went up to Newport Beach a couple times and went to Alta's Coffee Shop. And just played there. It's like right by the beach. Nice. Um, really cool spot. But I never actually went up to LA to do any any kind of okay, performance. Okay, so you haven't really been no, to the LA, LA scene. Yet. Yeah, I've been there for like I I know I watched a show or two there with a couple friends, but I was I was not active in the LA scene yeah. when I was down there. Kind of its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing for me is I get sunburned very easily, <laughs> and I don't drive. <laughs> So that just you, sounds yeah. like a double whammy. Oh, my God. I mean, I can drive. I just really prefer not to. It's scary. Yeah. You feel like every day you go out and you're driving, you might die. Yeah. I'm just exactly. going to be honest. If I'm going to die prematurely, that is exactly how it's going to happen. It would happen if you're living in L.A. Because, like, now people, you know, they freak out sometimes in Seattle. I'm like, oh, these people drive crazy. And I'm like, At something least you have about buses Southern- that are decent. Exactly. And Southern California taught me a thing or two about how to drive. Okay, so now I'm like, Seattle is no big deal for me, but before I, I was scared to drive in Seattle. So it just <laughs> seems like it'd be difficult to approach. Yeah, and I mean, if you're, down if you're down in San Diego area, L.A. is far. So it's not an easy, it's like, its oh, thing. let me it's, go it's, to. Yeah, it's removed. Yeah, it's totally, it's a trip that you have to make. Traffic is shit. So, yeah, yeah it's a big excursion to do that. <laughs> yeah, I I don't mind the clouds that much. <laughs> oh man, I do but right like now. <laughs> musically down there, what's what's uh, popular? Do you think what what kind of stuff did you see? A lot of hip hop. I have to say that that really jumped out at me the most. I will say though, I definitely got a good like if you go downtown San Diego, there's a good vibe of like that kind of more Jack Johnson. Yeah, vibe. By, relaxing by the beach. Relaxing by the beach vibe, like. People playing congas and their guitars and that kind of stuff, laid back. It's a good place for relaxed music. It is, yeah, I think it is. I think people who are doing a lot of acoustic music, like Rastafarian kind of stuff, they they would do well down there. <laughs> Weed music. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much music that you listen to in your stones, so I think they do a good job down there. <laughs> but you said your gut told you to come back up here to Seattle. I'm yeah. curious, uh, <laughs> what what prompted that, do you think? It was last summer, and it was I released my EP on June 3rd. So it was kind of like a month after that. I was getting these weird feelings every day, and I was kind of like, hey, my life is great. Like, I have a good job. I had really awesome students. Like, I'd gained a lot of students in yeah. the place I was working at. Life was good. I don't know. I couldn't complain, but I just felt like it was a little bit stagnant. And I didn't really know what was going to happen next for me. And although I got so much help from, like, Ruslan and Belief for, you know, just 
overall with kind of the music industry right. and getting myself on my feet and stuff, I just kind of felt like I didn't quite belong anymore. Not quite not belong, but I was like, I think I need to do my own thing. It didn't thing. feel like home for you at that point. Yeah, and I was like, well, I just, I kind of need to f- to do my own music and focus on my own music and try to find the right scene for me. And I didn't know. I was like, okay, I'm not ready to go to L.A. That's out of the question. L.A. is pretty gross, too. It's good that you knew that. Yeah, it's pretty gross. I don't really like it. But, yeah, I was definitely not ready. So I, like, woke up one day. It was a great, beautiful, sunny morning, as always, in San Diego. And I was kind of like, hmm, weird. I think I'm going to move back to Washington. But I'm not moving to Olympia. (laughs) That would be silly. So, yeah, a few months later, I just moved back to Seattle. I was just like, it's time. I trusted the, the feeling. And, and now I mean, for doing good. music, this has got to be one of the best places in the country. Yeah. Especially honestly, considering it's not a huge city. Yeah. And like, I had a couple of friends telling me, like my friend Brian Wall, who he's releasing an EP, I think, in a couple of weeks. So check that out. He's awesome. Um, but yeah, I had a couple of friends telling me like the music scene's doing pretty well over here. Like if you ever want to come back, like you should just see what it's like. There's a lot of great musicians out here. So yeah, I don't know. All came at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I should trust this. And uh, so you're doing a fair amount of shows in this area now? Well. You mentioned you ex- got one coming up pretty soon. Yeah. So I have exciting news about my music, but... Um, but I now have a band. Awesome. Yeah. So I have a drummer now. His name is Chris. Chris is awesome. He's going to hear this and he's going to like kill me. But his last name, I always pronounce it wrong. Wait, it's Deabro. It's Deabro, right, Pauline? Deabro? Yeah, he's I think it's Deabro. Chris Deabro. Okay. He's, he's an awesome drummer. So he's on the team and he's played with loads of bands here. He knows the music scene very well. And then Joseph Miller, he's playing the bass. He's also a really good guitarist. Yeah, he's playing the bass. Same thing. They've actually been in a band together before. So they're good. They each got other. history. Yeah, they have history. They connect well. They play well together. It just kind of fit right. It was kind of a last second show. I had a show coming up and um, I really wanted to play with other instruments because I'd done shows at Stoneway Cafe before. Yeah, I've seen you play solo. Yeah, so I played solo a couple shows or like had my brother play with me one time when he was back from college. But I was kind of like, oh, I just don't want to do an hour of piano and singing. So last minute, had a week to rehearse. Joseph and Chris came through. Um, Chiley actually introduced us. Oh. Yeah, so Chiley's like, hey, Chris is really good. And then Chris was like, I have a neighbor down the street. And it just came together and we did a show and they played half the set with me and it was really fun. Um, so it just continued from there. That was a few weeks ago. So now we are tonight have a band practice playing with a guitarist and then Thursday we're playing with another guitarist. So we're kind of figuring out who is going to play. Wow, so it's coming together pretty quickly. It's coming together quickly, yeah. And so we have a show June 3rd June at 3rd. Stoneway Cafe. Nice. Um, 7 o'clock. And then hopefully we can book a couple before that. So we'll see. Exciting. We'll see. So you play some shows with these guys, and then you're thinking you might uh, record your next collection of songs with them too? I'd love to. That's like my goal is to record another EP with, with the live studio uh, sound. I just it sounds so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it depends on I guess what genre you're going for, but right. it sounds so good. And they're all down to do that. They want to do it. Um, they want to play as many shows as we can. So we're actually at this next show. Um, we'll be playing songs that are not on my EP. Right, my, I was going mean, to ask, do you yeah. have a whole batch of new songs that you made yeah, since then? Yeah, I have a whole batch. So it's a full set, like an hour set of original stuff, which will, yeah, we'll probably record that this summer or something. Exciting. So with making a new song, how does that look for you usually? Where, where do you start? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you put together a new song? Usually it'll be something that's on my mind, like a thought I have, or maybe something I wrote in my journal because I like to journal sometimes. There's stuff going on in my life. So I usually have a thought or I'll see something, an image of some kind, even if it's like someone walking. Like recently I wrote a song, and I haven't showed it to anyone yet because it's, it's mostly. It's too soon. Yeah, it's too soon. But it was just I saw this girl walking with her bicycle, and she was like a little girl. and Like, I don't know, just weird things just kind of pop into my head when I'm just out and about. 
and I'll usually, I like to play and write at the same time. So I like to hop on my keyboard and start writing as I'm playing and kind of do it together. Yeah, I often do that too. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I'll come up with just music and record it real quick and save it for later. But I like doing it together. I prefer it. It's the most kind of organic way to come up with different melodies or lyrics. Like I find that some of the, at least with lyrics, some of the best lyrics they like come out before you think about what's coming out. Mm-hmm. Or I guess melodies are that way too. Something just happens and then like you latch onto it after it's already been created. Yeah, and there's yeah, there's just a freedom in writing that way, I think, because somehow whatever you're saying, even if you're just saying random stuff that doesn't make sense, something like ignites. Something will click. And the music it connects with what you're saying and the emotions, right, and everything's yeah, organic. Yeah. And it's very I think very helpful to be a keyboard player, to be able to write songs on the piano because mm-hmm. there's just so much freedom in you know, accompanying yeah. yourself, different chords you can I play I don't know stuff. how people write songs without playing an instrument. I couldn't... Well, I mean, with guitar, you get kind of a guitar song sort of, right. sort of vibe. But beyond that, if you don't play guitar or piano, I don't know how people right. do it. Right. It just seems so hard. Almost, I don't know how I would do that. I've never, <laughs> I've never thought about it until now. So, um, I also noticed that you do a lot of covers. Yes. Are you as passionate about covering other people's music as you are doing your own, or where does that fall for you? Is it, like, just a fun exercise, or...? Honestly, I'm just going to be straight up. That's for getting your fans? I don't want people to get bored. No, not bored. I don't want people to just be like, ah, she fell off the face of the planet, you know? Uh, Because I'm not putting any new music out until I have live so it's a placeholder it's a placeholder it's so i'm putting something out but i'm just too much in my head i have i'm too much of a perfectionist with now after this ep and knowing what i like what i don't like yeah how i want to do the process you have certain standards set for yourself yeah so it's like it's not about rushing out new music even though i have new music my demos are pretty put together as well so if I wanted I could not have real drums and I could do this but I just there's a certain level of polish that you want yeah there's a certain level where I'm like no these songs need to not be like that so it is really yeah a placeholder right now just you know put something out make people think I'm not gone (laughs) and um I guess in shows and stuff you found it to be uh useful for getting people's attention yeah you get them hooked with something they know before yeah. you get into your own stuff. I do like to do that. Um, some of the open mics down in Seattle too, like Fixed Coffee House. I like to go there Wednesday uh, nights. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a, fun, it's a fun place. I like that they start early. Yeah, and like the guy who runs it, Neil, he's super he's, nice. he's super cool, um, tries to accommodate everyone. Usually, depending on how many people are there, usually you get to play like three songs, three or four songs. I remember I played four one time. But uh, so yeah, if I have more room, wiggle room, I like to play one cover and then other originals. But I'm not super passionate about doing covers. I think it's cool. I've definitely watched covers on mm-hmm. YouTube and stuff, but <laughs> it's not like, oh my god, I can't wait to do another cover. It's like, what song is gonna be? What can I make my own? You know, I don't want it to sound too similar to the original. Right, right. You gotta pick a song to do that you can have some new twist on. Exactly, but something that people are going to know. So, yeah. So you have all these new songs built up. Are you thinking that's going to be like a full-length release when you get it out there? Are you thinking another EP or two? I don't know yet. Do you feel like a, a full-length album is still a little a little premature at this point? or? I think it might be a little premature. Honestly, it's something that me and the guys are going to have to just discuss and See after, you know, this summer too, just see what's happening, see how many shows we're getting. I'm thinking it will probably be another EP, probably not a full length, because I do want to put out music soon-ish, and a full length album would be a huge project, I think, so. I think people, I mean, maybe this is just me, but kind of put too much emphasis on full length albums versus alternative ways of releasing your music. Right. Because, I mean, a lot of people don't have that long of an attention span yeah i mean sometimes people lately have been putting out like 16 track albums and i'm like what's going on i can't listen to all of this yeah, music like you, right you gotta now. be pretty established yeah yeah because i mean if you're yeah if you're someone 
if you're Alicia Keys, her new album is like a 16 track album. I'm like, cool. I'm literally, I'm listening to every song because right. you're Alicia Keys. But someone I don't really know who puts out a full length album. I mean, I'm I guilty mean, of that too. It but... depends on, yeah, if I like the music, Keep it under I'll listen like... to it. 40 something minutes yeah, 40 minutes it's 11 just too songs long. and yeah and the the process it takes a long time so yeah, it's a bigger I'd rather, ordeal yeah i'd rather put out a couple eps for the next uh for the next projects yeah i think the next thing i put out i might do an ep and then i might yeah. also like release a song a month i was thinking about doing something like that because i was reading about different ways of releasing music and some people are like oh yeah put one song out a month which i think is cool too singles yeah you might like uh I have that book. Oh, you recognize this book, huh? I just bought Ari How Herstand. to Make It in the music, New Music Business by Ari Herstand. I just bought it on Amazon. It's I read, unbelievable, isn't it? I read articles online, and I was like, articles. I need... Do you read uh, Ari's Take? Yeah, Ari's yeah. Take. And I was like, this dude could help me out. I've been reading it. I think I've read like 300 pages already. It's like the first person to come along yeah. with just really practical advice. I know. And it's just straight up. And it's, it's yeah, it's real. It helps a lot. So yeah, he talks about it. how like uh, just alternative ways of releasing music rather than just dumping it all at once. Sometimes dumping it all on people is not, a, and especially if you don't have a good, I've, and I noticed because I didn't really promote my EP at all. Yeah. So, I mean. You see what I'm not you, talking you see about, what happens when you I see what yeah. happens when you don't. And uh you ha- having a good, you know, um oh my gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Strategy. Okay, well, let's use strategy. That was not the word I was thinking of. Campaign. Okay. Let's say it's strategy. <laughs> having a good strategy for rolling out yeah. an album. If you have a really good strategy and you're really putting a lot of time and effort and into it, I feel like it's good, but if you're gonna re- dump an album, you can't just dump an album. No one's gonna hear it. <laughs> yeah, it's the the kind of frustrating truth is it's if you really want to get people to hear your music, I mean, first you got to be talented and all that, but ten maybe twenty percent making music, and then it's eighty percent like Ari everyday BS. <laughs> I yeah, know it is a it They'll is a business. You. It is you have to. You have to get out of the mindset of just being a musician and like, be like, no, this is I am a musician, but I'm also this is my business, entrepreneur. Right. Like, if you want to, you know, try to make money with if it. If you're trying, yeah. If which you're is trying to just do an it. option. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, but if you decide you want to, exactly. Then if you don't want it to just be your hobby, yeah. So what are uh, some strategies you have in mind, or what what stuff you've been thinking about mm. for getting your music out there more in the future? I think my thought, my thoughts lately on my music have been just mostly. I've been thinking about like the shows, yeah, and getting people engaged, getting people in live engaged, music. and to come and different bands to maybe open for and stuff. So, but um, <laughs> I can't. Answer. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Not knowing yet. That's yeah. The I don't too. know. That's my answer. I don't know yet. Trying to get some blogs to you know all that. Yeah. Blogs are super. I didn't realize how prominent they were still. Yeah. But they are. And they must get so many unwanted emails. So I you know. Really gotta figure so, out how to stick out among that. Yeah, definitely. Just playing shows, getting people to like your music, In trying to get time. blogs to yeah. like your music enough to write about them, even though they probably don't know a lot about music. You know, they still they have to like what they hear. Um, and it's weird because maybe you're Podcast. the same way. I never real. I never read music blogs. That yeah, just, yeah, it yeah. Sounds really boring to me. I think it's people who aren't musicians who read the music blogs. Well, that's, I guess it's good to know that there are something. people who are interested in music who aren't also musicians themselves. Yeah, it's good to know those people. Yeah, are out super there. cool. So I know for sure trying to get in that arena. Mm. The blogs. It's a new challenge for you. Yeah. So you got the show coming up uh, in June. Mm-hmm. And then um, you're thinking of uh, keeping it to Seattle, or are you thinking you are going to be touring in the future? Mm. We, the area? we as a band, two of our main goals are to do live studio recordings together for this new project, as well as play as many shows and eventually do like a West Coast tour within the next year. Mm. So yeah, we are, our mindsets are very in sync in terms of that goal. Um, I can't say when that would ever happen. We have, I mean, we still haven't played like officially together as a band yet. So 
we'll one just step see, at a time. I guess. Yeah, we'll just see how the summer goes and um, how the fall goes, but definitely want to do that. All right. In the near future, Portland as well. Yeah. We'll probably reach out to Portland, you know, near the end of the year or something. I don't know. Exciting. Yeah. Well, I hope that all goes well. And uh, thanks Thank very much you. for coming over today. Thanks for having me. This was fun. All righty then. That was a good talk. I hope you all enjoyed listening to that. And definitely check out Carlene's EP online. After our interview, she lamented that she had forgotten to talk about two other important influences of hers, namely Nora Jones and Vanessa Carlton. But I included them here, so there you have it. Yet another reminder to you listeners out there to please subscribe to Talking About the Passion on iTunes if you enjoy the show and haven't done so already. It goes a long way to help promote the podcast. Ratings and reviews are also indispensable, so please think about doing some of that too if you got the time. The theme song for Talking About the Passion is the Niagara Moon song Pantheon Bar off my recent album, Eating Peaches. And the artwork for both this podcast and the album was done by Miranda Harmon. So now we'll hear a couple more of Carlene's songs, These Days, and then Just Growing. Tommy out! I don't think that works very well as a catchphrase. I need you all to come up with some better ideas. If you have any, you can email them along to tatppodcast at gmail.com. Anyway, hope you like the songs. Have you sat to drive home all alone in your car? Sun just about to set on the palm trees. The feeling is the way that you want it to be. Got a smile and a glow for no reason.
Falling hard 